0: welcome to the thought leader podcast
1: i'm dr ken and i'm randy baker and on the thought leader podcast we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics all right without further ado hi denise great to have you on the show so why don't you tell me a little bit about about yourself and what you do
2: okay nice to meet you randy and kent my name is denise rosenbloom i founded dynamic development about 12 years ago It's a professional development company, and I focus on talent management and training managers and leaders to be the best they can be. I go into companies of all sizes and types, and I work with the employees to identify their strengths and opportunities for growth. And I work with senior leadership teams and management teams, and I do executive training and facilitate executive coaching and facilitate group training.
1: That's a lot of things that you do.
2: Yes, and there's more.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I'm the business geek, so I always get interested in what people do in their spare time.
2: Oh, what I do in my spare time, I actually have a slide that I use when I introduce myself to new companies and new participants, and I always say when I'm not facilitating or training or coaching, I am outside doing something athletic. I'm a runner, a swimmer, a tennis player, a biker. I participate in a Pan uh, mask challenge, which is a very Um, sort of famous bike race to raise money for cancer in the Boston area. And I hike and, you know, there's just, there's not a day that I'm not outdoors. I've got two grown boys who are 18 and 21, uh, about to be an empty nester. I'm married and we're, can't wait to travel more than we already do, which is a lot. So going on a bike trip to Spain in two weeks and then a family. Oh, nice. Then a family trip to Croatia. So um, yeah, we're big foodies, travelers, outdoors people, and that's and I love food.
0: Nice, I love that. So there was a lot in there. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So I'm curious how you stumbled into um, speaking, training, coaching, facilitating that world because most folks I know in that world just kind of ended up there and weren't oh. uh, weren't expecting it.
2: Yep, I ended up there. I started my career, graduated from Tufts University, had no idea what I wanted to do with my career, with my life ended up as an administrative assistant at a very small ad agency because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew what I didn't want to do, which was something very corporate. So I love the environment of a creative agency and ultimately made my way up the ladder and was partner and group account director at a number of very reputable ad agencies, both in New York and Boston. And then just had a moment in time where I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. And that was driven by having a family and a husband who traveled. And I said, I want to work, but I don't want to do this kind of work where you're on 24 seven. So I got a great opportunity to lead a company called Arnold Worldwide in Boston and lead their professional development group. And my job was to bring speakers in to do the training based on the strategic initiatives of the company. And I didn't think any of them were very good. I thought they were very expensive and they weren't really getting my audience and they were coming in in suits and ties. And I said, this is not this isn't working. I've got to do the training, not just orchestrate the training. Do, so that's do you want to name
0: you want to name names?
2: No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't remember. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so that's how I started dynamic development and I didn't even have stationary letterhead business cards and people were calling and said, We want you to come be our facilitator, trainer. And I really work that way on a freelance contract basis with companies, like I said, all sizes and different types of companies. So,
0: so there was a huge uh, hit that the that speaking business took in what 0809, and it never really recovered from that. Uh, and then it took this hit the last couple of years and it's it's gonna just, it, it is starting back up mm-hmm. in a very different way. How do you where do you think things are going?
2: Well, I really thought in March March 15th of 2020 when three very important and large contracts were canceled, I thought that was the end of my business. and one of them said, you know what? is there a way we can do this online? You know, and I said, sure, not knowing that we could, but that's my attitude. And I said, well, give it a shot. Well, that one company paved the way for what's been an unbelievably busy past year. You know, it really took a few months to figure out how to, quote, pivot into online training and development. And coaching had always been online because I coach people all over the country. So that wasn't new. But the facilitation of training on Zoom I honestly wasn't sure it was going to work. I knew I could do it and be good at it, but I didn't know if it would be great. And it's really been great. And I think it's here to stay. And I can't wait to be back in New York for some of my clients. I just went to Boston for the first time last week to teach presentation skills. But when I got there, they said, oh, by the way, half the group's on Zoom still. So, you know, this is the new normal. And if you aren't able to communicate online, you're not going to be successful. And people are... Giving their employees the option to stay home. And that's just the reality. It's going to be that way for a while. So,
1: so a lot of people, Denise, have during this last year moved to online events where they used to do in person live events. I believe you did one in, in May. How was that uh, received by your audience? How did they, did you still get that same level of enthusiasm, the same level of, of input from the audience?
2: It's different, but I would say that people are very engaged, especially since I'm probably the most fun part of their day. So they're sitting on meetings all day long, staring at a screen, looking at the same people over and over again. So from the minute I started this, there was an unbelievably warm reception from my clients because I never will do a session for more than two hours. I break them up. You know, I typically used to go into a company from nine to five, and now I see the value of doing short bursts. And I don't think I'll even go back to doing long days because people retain more. They get to practice. I can give them homework. And they were so, everybody's been so positive. I've had repeat business over and over again because this is fun and they're learning things and it's so different from their day to day. I still believe that there's something magical that happens in person that's hard to replicate on Zoom. But at the same time, relative to the other things they're doing day to day, I think that the training and development I've produced online has just been really rewarding. And I wouldn't have all these repeat clients if it wasn't something they were really valuing. So,
0: so I'm interested to go back to um, when you were booking speakers. Um, You and I know a bunch of the folks that were in that space at that time. Uh, It was very expensive. Some of the keynotes are exactly, you know, before YouTube, like they're they're exactly the same for every single event, right? Um, They had really nice spangly shirts or extremely expensive blouses, things like that, you know, jacked up hair like pompadours (laughs) and all kinds of things. but how, how do you see, I mean, we're in a pivot and it doesn't sound like you're too nervous about where things are going, but <laughs> the industry is a little bit, how, where do you see the speaking industry kind of, the world doesn't know it all that well, but where do you think that sort of speaker, trainer, coach, where are things going? Do you think the old guard just has to hang up their uh, boots burrs?
2: I think that there are a couple of speakers in the industry who are considered celebrities within the industry, like Tony Robbins is a good example. And, you know, they're always going to command the big bucks, and, you know, celebrities or people who've had, interesting life experiences who, you know, have produced, you know, have already had podcasts and books, and they're they're always going to get the the big money. I mean, I don't think that their lives are going to change at all, actually. I think that where things are going to change is that those people who may be in that mid pod, and I don't consider myself that, I definitely would put myself on the less expensive side of where the pricing range is. But I think the people in the middle are mediocre and, you know, it's a generalization, but I think there's a reason that they never became the big Tony Robbins, you know. So I really think that the opportunity is there for those of us who are, you know, people have always said to me, why don't you hire people? Why do you always do it yourself? Because people are buying me. There are a lot of people out there who do what I do. I mean, there's a million coaches. There's a, so many trainers. But if you are good and engaging and people connect with you, you know, a client the other day said, my people loved you. The one that had me come into Boston. You know, you don't hear that every day. That's nice to hear. And when you have that rapport with people, there's always going to be room for those of us who have that connection. But people who are in that sort of middle of the road, who don't really have a thing, you know, who haven't made it this way or that way, I think they're just going to dissipate because people are much more cognizant now of what they spend, what the investment is, and what they're getting for it. So
0: So where did you develop? You were, from what I understand, you were kind of like Pam in the office. You were the administrative assistant. Um, (laughs) So if anybody's listening into this, who's like, gosh, I'd, I'd like to climb an alternative ladder. Yeah. What do you think that looks like to kind of just say, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm just going to keep climbing until I do my own thing. What does that look like?
2: Well, I think, I mean, it's, I give advice to kids every day, you know, friends, kids, college kids, I've got some of my own and I say, get out there and get the first job. It doesn't really matter what you do. Yeah. You should have an interest in it, but if you aren't, even if you aren't interested, you've got to learn the fundamental skills to being successful in any career. And I really, I have a top 20 list that I've published and I, you know, use it for my client service training training. Client boot camp, account management boot camp. But there's so many things you learn as an administrative assistant that are key to success in any job. I think being detail oriented and organized is point of entry, along with being a strong communicator. Things that I absolutely have no patience for is people who are non responsive and don't follow up. You know, you learn those things as an administrative assistant. You develop relationships on the phone and you have, you learn those follow up skills and those detail oriented. Um, you know, they really are learned skills. And I think that if you've got the passion, if you've got the desire, if you really, You know, they say you can't sell something you don't believe in. I mean, I I believe in that. Like, you know, it's just if you aren't passionate about what you do and what you love to do, nobody else is going to be. So from day one, I fell in love with advertising, even though my job was to type and answer the phones. I just thought this is the coolest industry and I want to be a part of it. And I'm going to keep moving until I get to where I want to be. But then life changes, you know, and in my 30s with two kids under the age of, you know, six, I said, well, that partner track is not really where I want to be right now. So what can I do that I love where I have flexibility? And I found it. So I'm really lucky. So,
1: Denise, what do you think it is that is unique about you that allows your clients to love you?
2: Well, I do think
1: that's like, words, <laughs> so. Yeah,
2: I do think a lot of it's your DNA. I mean, I always say people always say to me, "Did you come out of the womb smiling?" I mean, I really think I probably did. Like it's an energy, it's an enthusiasm. I won most enthusiastic in my high school class, you know. So this is how people know me, remember me. I'm on high school reunions now, and they say, "Oh my God, you're still as bubbly and smiley as you always were." But the difference is, and what I teach people is that it's got to be real. And it can't be, you know, oh, she's always so nice. How could that, you know, and she's always so happy and she's always so energetic. That must be fake. Like you really, I teach confidence classes. I really believe in the whole notion that you have to be your authentic self for people to join you, believe in you, hire you. And I think people get to know me. They realize this is me, you know, they're getting what they see. And um, and I just give them a lot of value for the dollar because, you know, they just I inspire them just by who I am. It's not easy to toot your own horn, but I believe that. So
1: So you've got a business that's been going for twelve years. Mm-hmm. Did you when you when you started it, did you have a preconceived idea of how you wanted the business to look ten years away? No. Or did it just sort of happen?
2: It happened. What's the story? It happened. The story is that the agency I was working at lost a huge account. The CEO was in my office and I said, you don't visit very often. And I said, I know why you're here. And they had lost 60% of their billings. And he said, right now I can't rationalize having somebody on staff to do training and development. And I said, good decision. And he said, what do you mean? I said, if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't keep me on either at this salary to be doing training and development when you have to lay off, you know, X hundreds of people, you know, whatever the number may have been. So, you know, I totally get that. And, you know, it's just, it was really surprising to me that I would be here 12 years later. I basically came home and I said, look, I have a choice the CEO gave me a choice. I can be billable or I can stay home and I don't really know what to do. So he was basically offering me an opportunity to go back to being the group account director and bringing in the business and being the rainmaker. And I just said, it's time. Like, it's just that I'm at that point in my career where now I can choose something new. And all those people who got laid off with me or chose to leave, they all called within two weeks and said, I've landed at new companies and I want to hire you. So it was just amazing. I didn't even have a business plan, because I didn't even see it coming. Like, I mean, they were generous, and, you know, gave me a severance package. And said, so we don't want you to leave, we want you to stay and run businesses. I said, I can't. At this point in my life, I need to do something that's more flexible, be at home more. And, um, and so I said, no. So to answer your question, I didn't know where this was going. It literally started, you know. I didn't even have an office at home. It was a playroom, you know, with Thomas the train sets. And I I mean, that was the office. So I had no vision. And I know you should have a vision, but it just happened overnight. So I didn't know where I'd be 12 years ago doing LinkedIn management Mondays, you know, every Monday and getting responses from all over the country and having people say, we want to know what you think about this, this and this.
0: So where does it go next with the kids kind of bumping out the door? Are you going <laughs> to kind of keep doing the same thing? And as the the whole speaker trainer space switches, are you kind of looking forward to scaling up and keep the same thing going? Or what, what does that look like?
2: I'm definitely looking to scale up. I never needed a website. I only developed one because people would ask me if I had one. So I wanted to seem real. So I said, sure, I have one. So I had a website made. I just hired after 12 years, my first SEO marketing company, you know, I I don't know that it's going to make a difference. It's always been word of mouth, but yeah, I want to continue to grow. I have no limitations in terms of travel now. So you know, it's, it's been amazing that I can do this from home, but I'm a traveler and a travel bug and a passport that's, you know, stamped on every page. So for me, I just want to keep going. I don't see um, retirement in the near future. Two kids in college, that's not doable. And it's not my nature. I don't ever see being retired. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I want to continue to grow. And like I said, empty nester coming this fall. Not that I've really, nobody has needed me in the last few years. I went from being you know, one want, everybody wanted me at all their activities to. We don't ever want a, you at our activities to. You know, now it's like please come for parents' weekend and pick me up at the end of the semester. So, so yeah, I'm in a position now where no, there's no boundaries. So, with
1: so many different things that you're doing, how do you how do you determine which which one is where you're going to focus next week? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking business models. I'm thinking where the profit is for you and how you split your time into the most profitable activities?
2: Well, I teach time management, and I do always tell people, as recently as a seminar I ran last week, that I'm not always great at taking my own advice, but I try. And my advice to myself every week is what are the priorities this week? You know, every week looks different. If the priority is training for this bike ride that's, you know, the first week in August, then I have to block out two hours every other day to do that. And if the priority is you know, the other day I sat down literally just to generate invoices. I said, you're not getting paid if you don't generate invoices, but that's got to come before new business development. So, you know, I just I really formulated a system that works for me. I live and die by my to do list, my calendars. And I know what I need to do. You know, I know what's going to move the business forward. And sometimes it's maintenance and that's okay. But I've developed a world where I can take off my, my goal. And the reason I always say the reason I never went back into the agency world is because I wanted to have time off in the summer. I live for the summer, and I'm glad that I can do that. And so I know at this stage of my life how to prioritize. Do I get overwhelmed at times? Sure. Who doesn't? But it all gets done. It just does. And I'm able to, you know, so COVID, which for so many people was such a sad, hard, difficult time, and certainly we experienced a lot of anxiety like other families, but I never, there was never a day I was in the house. Like if it was important to me to get air and it was freezing cold, I've got my, group and we go snowshoeing and we, you know, get on cross country skis or downhill or whatever it was. I mean, I know what I need and sometimes it's to work, but sometimes it's to go outside and be active. And that's what makes me more productive.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So we like to keep our interviews short. It's been really nice chatting with you, Denise. um, Where can folks find you online? What are you, where do you like to be found?
2: Oh, so LinkedIn is really my, you know, business profile. I mean, that's like what I use or considered to be my business. That's what gets me to people and people to me. I have a personal Facebook page, but that's personal. Again, I will post some things there, but, you know, that's really more for the, you know, high school reunions and friends. And I'm not a big social media person by nature. I sort of say I'm my own social media channel. So if I started getting sucked into social media then I would never get the things done that are important to me and that's not that important to me but LinkedIn is a way to find me connect with me and that's how I connect with others
0: I like that you you are a social media channel I like that
2: so what are next steps on your end
0: that's a good question Randy you answered that one
1: (laughs) well maybe we'll talk about that after the uh...
0: we could do that well next steps are to um thanks for being on the show
2: great
0: this has been such a wonderful conversation today it was
1: surprising it was intriguing it was interesting and this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the thought leader podcast and we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue or you can visit our our website Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com and at the top you'll see a little button that says take the assessment. In one
0: minute you can take the assessment and get a response from us. We'll read everyone. All right, take care, have a good life and we'll see you on the next one.